Welcome to Season 3 of Between Two Blue Devils, a podcast about the amazing educators, students, alumni, and citizens of beautiful Talmadge, Ohio. This season is going to be the best season yet as we sit down with people who have incredible stories to share and who are having an impact on our kids, in our community, and in our world. Now be sure to subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you listen to your podcasts on. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and give the podcast a rating. This is how we get the message out about our amazing schools and community. Now, crank up the volume, grab some coffee, kick up your feet, and get ready to be wowed as Season 3 begins. Today's guest is a very special guest, and I am super excited to have this leader here uh, and have the opportunity to interview him. And I just want to share a few things with you before I reveal the big reveal who we're, we're, we're interviewing today. Um, I polled many of your staff members, and I asked them, hey, give me your personal thoughts and opinions about our guest. And I am overwhelmed by the amount of compliments that you received. And what's really funny is you can tell by the compliments and the people who, you know, the the things that they said that there's a consistency in our guest's life and that he lives by the values that that he cherishes. So listen to these qualities. First of all, this guest brings nothing but positive energy and he smiles constantly. He walks the entire building to say hello to every single teacher every single morning. This guest constantly encourages his staff. He is highly visible. On a daily basis, he encourages his staff and he tells them that he values them. He is approachable. He values and loves his kids and he is a servant leader. It's my honor to introduce our next guest, the principal of Talmadge Elementary, Mr. Adam Booth. Welcome to the show, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's a good thing we're not on video. I'm sure I'm <laughs> blushing here. That's, uh, that's, that's quite the introduction, and uh, uh, it's much, much appreciated, and it, it's, a, it's a blessing to be here. It's an honor to be part of the podcast. I'm excited. I'm a big fan. So. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm being very serious. I, I shot out a text to every elementary teacher that I know. And it was almost like they got together and they all sent me this. I mean, it was so neat to see, you know, the, the positive energy that you bring to what it is that you do. Uh, I mean, when I've spoken to other people out in the public and asked about the new principal uh, taking Mrs. Davis's spot here, uh, what's he like? And it, it's nothing but this whole focus on your energy, your positivity, uh, and the fact that you just genuinely love your kids. Yeah, and, and it, it is so true. And when I, I talk to people, and, and gosh, I've met so many people here in, in this fantastic district here over, over the last few months that I've been here. Um, but I always emphasize just the authenticity. Um, and that's, I, th- I feel like that plays, that's a way to play to your strengths. And it, it is truly genuine. I love people. I love the kids here. I love this community. And um, I'm just, I, I feel very blessed um, just in where I'm at in my life and have to have opportunities here and work with a great group of people. So 
for me, you know, that positivity is just a reflection of, of what I've, you know, been handed here and what, uh, you know, I, I just am, feel so blessed by it. So, mm. yep. That's awesome. Yep. Well, I'm excited to have you here because I don't know a lot about you. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who are probably when they hear your name at first don't realize that you're an administrator here. As you, uh, if you've listened to some of the episodes, you know that most of the guests I've had, uh, they've. We've been here for 20 plus years. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I've, I've jumped a few wrong. I feel like, do I even, can I, have I earned the spot to be on the podcast yet? I mean, you know, your last get Mr. Hungerford, I know he's been here for a long time yeah. and uh, a lot of your guests very well known here. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited and, and I like, I love learning about the district. I love learning about people. So yeah, it's going to be fun. So Adam, let, let's just begin with this question here. So you are, you are currently the principal. Could you just take our audience a little bit through your, your educational journey? How did you get from the classroom to administration? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to my educational journey, even, even back to college, and maybe this explains why I'm a big fan to be a part of a podcast. Um, I started out in sports broadcasting okay. actually for a semester, <laughs> and I, and actually being a, a principal and administrator, I get to do announcements of things, so it kind of scratches that itch a little bit. <laughs> but um, I, I actually, after a semester, um, I missed math a lot, um, and realized that that was something that, that I enjoyed and that I got into. So um, I ended up getting my my educational math degree for secondary ed, so I, uh, seven through twelve. Um, and I taught six years at Canton Glen Oak High School. Okay. Um, before I, then, I went to Lake Middle School, where I graduated from from Lake High School, and taught ten years there before I ended up going into administration. So I have uh, sixteen years of teaching math experience, um, and I, I feel like I brought the same energy that I do now. The things that that people are recognizing in me, that I have that positive energy, mm -hmm. um, and I felt like I brought that into the classroom. Uh, you get to a certain point in your career where you say, okay, is this, do I want to continue doing this? Or, you know, am I being pulled in another direction? Am I being called maybe to be more of a leader in another position? Um, and, and so 16 years in, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to maybe try and jump over to administration. Uh, if the right opportunity comes along, mm -hmm. it did in my district at Lake. Okay. Um, I had one year as an assistant principal at the middle school. Um, and then three years as an assistant principal at Lake Elementary before I, I was blessed to have this job. So, um, but yeah, just that pull towards administration was was more, how can I have a bigger impact? Um, you know, not just working with kids in my classroom, but maybe if people in the community, teachers around me, and uh, share the experiences that I've had and help that to, uh, to impact others. So, okay, that's, yeah. a, that's incredible. Yeah. So, uh, so a total, so what, four years in administration or five years yeah, in administration? Yeah, this is my 21st year in education, okay, and so this is my fifth year fifth in administration. Year. And yeah. so what are your, I mean, tell me, what do you enjoy the most about being an administrator? Um, I, I think it's the opportunity, like I said, to just expand and, you know, when I'm in that classroom and I would have, you know, 25 kids at a time, 30 kids at a time, um, you know, in five classes, so 100, 150 kids a year, mm -hmm. but just the, to see things on the other side of the classroom, maybe that I wasn't aware of, I get, I get to know certain kids a little bit better, um, I'm in a position where, you know, I get to talk to parents a little bit more, get to know where they're coming from, um, you know, just get them to know on a, on a deeper level, also just involvement in, in the community, and mm -hmm. getting the community involved into the schools, and those type of opportunities as well, so, All right. yeah. So what, you know, you moved into a, a beautiful building, and it's, um, 
I mean, it is at the model building and it's beautiful. I haven't even been through all of it. I mean, it's just over me. When I walk from the, the door to the gym where I spent quite a bit of time, you know, coaching this year and, and, and just kind of snooped around, it's, it, it's beautiful. What are your, some of your challenges that you've had, like as a, a new administrator here and a new building, kind of a different format that's right. here? Yeah. I mean, what have been some of the most exciting parts of being here, but then also maybe right. some of the challenges? Yeah. And actually that's, that's part of what drew me to this, um, and it, it's kind of a funny story, but where I came from at Lake my last three years uh, was a building very similar to this. This building's very unique. Mm -hmm. um, it was built by Sol Harris Day. They actually built the same, the building that I was at, hmm. at Lake. So I felt like I could bring those experiences um, because there's a lot of things that we're not used to in education where the traditional four walls and the classroom and the hallways lined with lockers, you know, seemed like it was like that for decades yeah. and decades and when you get into these spaces where now we don't have those long hallways or you might not have four walls you might not have any walls in your classroom mm -hmm. and those are some things that over the last few years as a, an assistant principal at lake elementary um you know we went through some of those challenges how can our how can we use these spaces differently um you know and kind of changing the mindset a little bit of you know, that traditional four walls and the flexibility. So one of the challenges here that we're currently working through is we have this beautiful giant cafeteria, right? But the architecture is not what we used, we're used to. Um, it's open. So mm -hmm. that cafeteria is open to, you know, in our case, the fourth and fifth grade wing. So how do we work around that noise, you know, mm -hmm. while, while also using the spaces as best we can? So hmm. um, there we've, you throw all the ideas out there and just be willing to fail and say, okay, we tried this, this doesn't work, but um, we got great people that are, that are willing to, you know, kind of push forward and try new things. And we, I feel like we've already built that trust where we're encouraging them as an administration. And I got two great assistants. Uh, I don't know if you met Mrs. Coyan, Mr. Ravita has been here for yeah. a year, but very supportive of, Hey, let's try some new things. Not everything's going to be a home run the first time, but you know, how we can use this, this building to the best, uh, you know, that it's designed for, you know. One of the individuals that reached out to me said that you are very open to your staff members' opinions and you make them feel like their their opinions are valued. You listen and you try some of those things. I'm curious, where where does that kind of a mindset and that quality, how... how did that develop in you? Why, when did that become a priority for you? Did somebody inspire you or? Uh... Yeah, I was, I mean, it's definitely something that's, that's evolved over the years. Um, you know, I, I feel like my journey has been pretty common as far as my maturity level. When I look back at my first few years of teaching and I go, boy, I just didn't have a clue. <laughs> and, and you get it because you're just in that survival mode, right? Yeah, yep. Um, but sometimes it, it comes from, I feel like you, you're gonna have an impact on, on people one way or the other, whether it's positive or negative. So sometimes I'll, I'll have to see leadership in my life and I say, well, I don't wanna do it that way. I don't know exactly what it looks like, or I do wanna do it this way. Um, and, and those people that I that I noticed, you know, are the listeners and, and take a step back and, and hear, mm -hmm. at least take people's opinions into account. Um, and I really feel like, you know, that working together is really the best way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, because we're all human, I'm just one person, um, even administratively, we're just three people and we have a lot of people here. So uh, there's great ideas out there. Um, and, and probably over the last, I would say 10 to, 10 to 15 years, I've really kind of started trying to have an ear for everybody 
um, whether it's my, I've, I'm a father of four boys, so whether it's just being patient with them and listening and not, you know, being the, the hard nose, hey, this is my way or the highway. Um, and, and honestly, in the last five years or so, the social emotional thing has really come into play and just hearing people and making them feel valued is a really important thing. And, wow. and that's how we get best results, I think, in life, you know, not just in education, but in everything we do. It's it's got to be relationship driven for mm -hmm. sure, and um, well, you're you're speaking my language. I'm excited. There's so many questions I, that I want to ask. I feel like you. this could go two hours, so <laughs> we might have to do a part two. Yeah, we might have to. We someday. might have to. So you mentioned you have four boys. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your family. Yeah, so um, I we actually live in, in Lake Township. Uh, you know, I, I bought the house off my parents. I, I've never moved, I, I uh, not permanently anyway. I went to Grove City College in Pennsylvania, but my permanent address has never changed. Um, you know, I always say I'm a parent's worst nightmare. I stayed so long that they moved out. Um, but yeah, so my wife and I, we actually met in middle school, um, wow. you know, dated back and forth, but yeah, met in middle school gym class. So that was always kind of a fun thing to, when I taught middle school to go, I'd go visit the gym class and say, Hey, be careful who you're, how you're acting in here. You may meet your future spouse, <laughs> which always got a nice, nice reaction. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so my wife Kelly and I, we've been married for 20 years now. Uh, our four boys, uh, they're, I, I always feel like maybe it's the educator in me. I just go by grade level because their ages keep changing. Yeah, it seems yeah. like fast. So I have, a, I have one in third grade, uh, one in sixth grade, one eighth grader, and one's a junior okay. in high school. So, um, but yeah, it, it's definitely uh, parenthood, I would say, has been the other big change in my life where you see things a lot differently. And I will also say, being in education, you see kids a lot differently too, mm -hmm. um, was the difference between my views now and maybe what they were in my first couple years of teaching. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it is amazing. I, I When I reflect back, because you know, my son's a sophomore and my daughter's a freshman at Kent studying middle childhood education. <clears throat> she wants to be a middle school teacher as well. And, uh, and I look back at how formative my, my time in the classroom was towards my parenting. I mean, we have such an advantage working with kids and dealing with so many different issues that when our kids come into the world, we, we kind of have an inside, the inside scoop on a lot of things. I mean, it doesn't make us perfect parents for sure, right. but it makes us a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more aware. Uh, but um, it's, it is certainly a, a perk. Now your four boys, I got to imagine with four boys, things get a little rowdy at home. Yeah. You know what? And, and things are different than when we were growing up. Uh, you know, we didn't have the, the phones and the, all the electronics, you know, I had a Commodore 64 oh, yeah. and Atari 2600. <laughs> yeah. So that didn't exactly keep you engaged all day long. Um, but yeah, so they like the devices, but uh, yeah, they, it, they're, they get along pretty well. Um, but I will say they're, they're a lot different than how I was growing up. I was a big in the sports guy. It mm -hmm. was football, baseball, basketball, you know, whatever season it was. Um, and they've taught me a lot. My oldest is really big into music. Okay. I, probably my biggest instrument was the recorder in fourth grade. I got to know. And that was, <laughs> that was the pinnacle, I think, of my musical career. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's big into the music and, and the theater, which uh, is a lot of fun. It's fun to yeah. see him grow. The other ones are really good with their, their band instruments. Um, and they all play soccer, which I played soccer up until about you know sixth grade or so just with the local rec league and yeah. then i was all about the mainstream sports um 
looking back, I probably should have been more into soccer being five foot seven. I mean, it might have served me better, but uh, yeah, so it, it's fun to watch them grow and accept that, you know, their interests are different and just support them. And again, I, I feel like that helps, it carries it on into the, into the classroom. I just, I have such a, uh, more of an appreciation than I did when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like I said, if it wasn't football, baseball, or basketball, I wasn't interested in a whole yeah. lot of it. But it's really fun to see not just my kids, but any of the kids and their talents, and there's so much out there to do now. So do you, um, So and you've got such a wide range of grade levels here, but do you try to go out and catch some of the youth games and things like that just to watch some of the kids? Yeah, you know what? I, I didn't get a chance to this year. I do engage in with, with them uh, in conversations at their lunches because yeah. I can see them, especially the fifth graders yeah. here with their jerseys on and talk to them. I, that's something I would like to get an opportunity to do more uh, You know, coming up this fall. Um, you know, I, like I said, I get, we get to talk about who they're playing yeah. and, you know, how the games are going. But so. Oh, it's hard. It's so hard to do. I know I, even at the high school, I, I like to try to get to as many events as I can. And I hadn't been able to the past couple of years just because the kids, but mm -hmm. you know, my daughter being in college, my son being a little bit older, it starts to free up more time yeah. and it allows me to go see some of these events and that, um, that I hadn't in the past. I tell you what I really like is some of the sports that maybe don't get recognized as much. You go see cross country and the dedication that they have mm -hmm. and just that, I mean, it's a, that's a, if you get into that sport, it is, it is a fun sport to watch. So any of those you know, uh, side sports too that kind of don't get that limelight. I, I do like to go out and see that too. Cross country was one of my favorites. Noah ran when he was here, um, and I, maybe it was around fifth grade, sixth grade. Uh, I loved it because everybody just cheers for everybody. Right. You know, all the fans line the trail, yeah. and it doesn't matter if you're first or last or somewhere in between. People are cheering you on, and, yeah. and parents from other schools are coming by, and they're high-fiving kids no matter what place yes. they came in. We we genuinely looked forward to every cross-country yeah. match. Yeah, I'm a uh, big – I, I love that, that kind of teamwork, and maybe that's why this, this environment is so good for yeah. me because I just – I love as a group – you know, working forwards towards a goal. Even, yeah. even when we did uh, like video game type things when I was a kid, anything that was kind of a co-op, like, hey, instead of playing, I preferred <laughs> a, hey, let's all beat the computer together, those type of things. So I love that. Um, you know, it's funny, you, you had mentioned one of your questions uh, when you contacted me last week about mottos or mantras, and one of them uh, that came up was, uh, you know, if, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Hmm. Uh, and, and I think that might have been, I, I heard it on a podcast, but it might have been like an Aristotle or Socrates, something like that. But that really hits home with me and that type of thinking. So when you mentioned cross country, that's what I think of. It's like nobody's, you know, everybody's rooting for their person, but there's so much support there, mm -hmm. you know, rooting, just rooting for everybody because you know they're just pouring their heart into it. Yeah, we have, uh, as you know, I'm affiliated with FCA and our our key word this year is pursue, and I have quite a few um, cross-country runners who come to our huddle on Friday mornings, and every morning when we talk about that word and what it means, uh, they have some sort of an example from a race, you know, whether you're talking about, okay, there's the pace setter and you're trying to keep up, or you're trying to push somebody, all of the accountability that's involved, all of the teamwork, it's you know, it's not just one person winning. You're coming together as a team, and it's such a great analogy for life. Yes. I mean, it, it really, it really is. Yep. Uh, so you mentioned that you are an avid consumer of podcasts. Yes, I'm. I'm a big fan of podcasts. Um, you know, I do. I get a lot of uh, 
there's there's so many churches out there that I have friends that go to. Yeah. I can't go to all of you know. I go to one in my my hometown, so you know I'll try and catch a couple of those. They'll put on a sermon a week. Uh, the biggest one outside of that. Um, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Okay. Um, are you a Seinfeld? Fan? Oh, I like I like so, now not probably as big as you, but yeah. I do like Seinfeld. Yeah. So there there was one called Seincast. Actually, I discovered it uh, during the the quarantine when we were done with school that two years ago now yeah. in March, yeah. and everybody's trying to figure out what to do. And somebody mentioned it to me, and it was basically these two guys that were. They put my Seinfeld fandom to shame. I mean, they did all their homework. They can tell you, you know, each, hey, this this actor makes a cameo in this episode. They broke down all 200-some episodes. So that got me through the quarantine a little bit. So probably <laughs> Seincast was good. And I listen to, uh, I, I get to some sports podcasts. Okay. I kind of catch up. Actually, I kind of like, I have about a 30-minute drive now, and uh, that's why I'll pop on a podcast. Yeah. I don't, don't do music as much anymore. You know, it it is stuff. funny because I can remember a time at the beginning of my teaching career, and by the way, this would be one of the questions I want you to think about sure. this. But you know, what is your song that if you aren't feeling it and you're sitting in the parking lot and you got to walk in, you got to bring this positive energy, and you're like, man, I just don't feel like it. What song do you crank up? So think about that while I while I talk about this. But there, you're, you know, I remember earlier in the career, I'm just rocking out on my way to school. Uh, number of times I would tell you that a student would see me. You know, in the hallway, and say, "Mr. Horner, we saw you jamming out. What were you listening to?" And you know, I'd say, "Pearl Jam," and like, "Pearl who?" And right. you know, but um, but now it's no longer that. It's funny. Our my stage in life, it, it is. It's just nonstop podcasts if I can. But I have a three minute drive, and uh, and my son's with me, so I'll listen to Justin Sewell, which is two or three minutes. If I try to listen to anything any longer, my son will look at me and go, "Dad." It's too early. It's too early. <laughs> yeah. Know? But I'll, I'll, you know, on the treadmill or something like that, I'll, yeah. I'll pick up on it. But um, yeah, what about, um, you, know, you mentioned Seinfeld as well. Yeah. There's a new book out. Did you hear about this book? Uh, hmm. uh, it's all things Seinfeld related. Um, do you know John Gurgley at the middle school? No. Okay, so he teaches right next door here. He's a huge Seinfeld fan and he's got it. I'm going to get the name of that book uh, and shoot it off to you because... It sounds like something that'd be right up your alley. But what what song would you just rock out to? Oh boy, you know, and it's I, I hate to date myself so much, you know, but there's it's interesting because my my son, my oldest one that I said is is really musical, plays the guitar, and he kind of just listens to the '80s and probably later '80s music that I was listening to. That's what he likes. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of turned me back on to oh yeah, I remember that and. I will say I probably wasn't, I definitely wasn't the spiritually mature person that I am now, <laughs> at, at least at the point that I am now. So, you know, back then it was, you know, there was a band called Blink-182. Okay. Um, you know, the, the, the Nirvana was big back then. Um, so he's kind of gotten me caught back up. But I'll be honest, there's a, there's a couple of worship songs Really, that I, if I really need a yeah. pick me up, there's one called uh, "No Longer Slave to Fear," mm -hmm. um, and that really hits home to me because sometimes you're you're facing it, and this is really a message for anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, you're starting your day, and you know your fear or anxiety, that type of stuff, and that one it really stirs up a lot of emotions in me. Mm -hmm. And um, if I really want something that's not just surface, like like that hard rock, that really would be like okay. Uh -huh. Um, but if I want something, and for me, stirring up those emotions is really what, mm. what gets me going. Like I said, because I'm I, the authenticity piece is, is big for me, and 
sometimes you just got to get that stuff out yeah. and, and get going. And that, and that energizes me. I mean, there's, you know, your, your brain produces chemicals and your, you know, adrenaline yep. gets going a little bit and it's healthy. It puts things in perspective, doesn't right. it? And, yeah. Um, it's funny you would mention worship music because the other day in class, uh, I was talking to some of my students and, you know, they wear a lot of band t-shirts and I, and I recognize a lot of them. And mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I was a big Blink-182 fan yeah. and, and, and such. And, uh, and one of my students actually had, um, um, I'm trying to remember who it was, but we had struck up a conversation and they're like, well, Mr. Horner, what do you listen to now? And I'm like, well, I'm going to just be honest with you. Sometimes I'll throw on, you know, some old music and I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. Mm -hmm. And or listen to some Eddie better, but for me, it's worship music too. Yeah. It's like a lot of time, just the same thing that you're talking about, just to kind of set my mind right. And then so much of it centers around gratitude. Right. And when you are expressing gratitude, no matter what kind of day you're having, it just yeah. it, it flips yeah. the switch for you. Changes perspective. So yeah. Uh, so you know, I I do you like to read a lot? Yeah. Yeah. And actually. Um, it's funny because I watch my kids, you know, like I said, I got them from third grade up to junior in high school. Yeah. And you watch them go through phases of where they love to read and then they have to read. Yeah. And then that have to read almost for, for high school and then it goes into college. And <clears throat> you kind of get into some things like, well, I don't like reading everything I read. I don't want to read. So now I feel like I've come full circle because I come back up through raising my kids. And to be a responsible dad, I feel like I'm going, okay, well, I should probably read some of this stuff that you're mm -hmm. reading, whether it's Harry Potter, because people got different opinions about that, or Lord of the Rings, or mm -hmm. um, the Narnia books. So I've really kind of taken back to reading elementary to middle school stuff, mm -hmm. and it's really good. And then mm -hmm. we'll end up watching the movie. Um, so yeah, my, my one son read a, a ton of the Percy Jackson series, those type of things. Yeah. Actually, we'll go hit up uh, my fifth grade teacher. John Bryan always gives me good recommendations. There's books on, I, I call, and I'm a former math teacher, so I don't know if this is the, the <laughs> proper word, but I call them kind of perspective books. Yeah. Uh, there were the wonder books that were really good for mm -hmm. a while where it just put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Yep. Um, so I really like those. As far as, you know, one of my favorite books, I don't know if you've heard of or read, well, they made a movie about Unbroken. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. That was maybe the best book I've ever yeah. read. I mean, Louis Zampernini, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm a big reader, but usually I don't get to, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I put out a lot of energy ver during the day, and my wife says, when you sit down, when you finally stop moving, my life, so sometimes I'll read a page at night, <laughs> what are you doing? Yep. That's me reading, so I like to read when I can, and um, yeah, I, I'm just all over the place as far as what I prefer. Yeah, one of the episodes that hasn't been released yet, and not to uh, um, you know give too much of it away, but I interview uh, one of our language arts teachers at the high school mm -hmm. who has an extraordinary amount of energy, but we both talked about how, yeah, we have the energy at school, but man, as soon as we go home and our body says it's time out, we're, we're done. Yeah. And uh, I used to read so much at night, but now it's the same way, one or two pages in and I'm just passed out yeah. uh, and have to wake up and turn the light back off. And, you know, it, it, going back to something you mentioned about the wonder, uh, the books like Wonder and, and such, um, literally today, I had a young lady in my academy who asked me to uh, look at a book that she's reading and I can't remember the name of it, but I can tell you there's a movie out about it. It's very similar to John Green, like Fault in Our Stars. But the conversation we had was exactly what you mentioned. The, the number of books that are out there that reveal people who are dealing with such hard issues, and it allows you to empathize and, and gain perspective. 
And that wasn't the case when I was growing up. I don't remember. I mean, I was a big Chronicles of Narnia. That was probably the only books I ever read, that the whole series, and read over and over again. Nothing else. I yeah. hated reading. And I don't recall anything. I'm sure it was out there, but not to the extent that it is today where we can read a book and read about uh, a mental illness or a, a, a physical ailment or and this book happened to be dealing with cancer and get inside the mind of somebody and then just empathize more. Yeah. It, it really is a neat spot that we're in. Yeah, and it's opened up conversations with my own sons um, because they'll have to oh, bring a book, uh, one brought home book, Every Soul a Star this year. And you know, then they kind of go, oh, I gotta read this book. But then you have these conversations and yeah, it, it's you can see why they're reading the books. I didn't, when I was a kid, I, same way. I, I don't know why I was reading Scarlet Letter or <laughs> Diary of Anne Frank, and you know, going back, I could probably say, "Oh, this is why we were reading." But uh, I really like those those perspective yeah. based. So, have you read uh, Magician's uh, Nephew? That's the kind of prequel of the Narnia one. Oh yeah! Oh yes! Yes! Absolutely. Well, not long ago, I was over at my parents' house, and so in our, the bedroom that my brother and I shared, he had the upper bunk, and there was a little bookshelf up there. And so all the books would continuously get pushed up there. Well, I hadn't looked up there in years. So I decided to crawl up there, fearing that I might just fall through this handmade bunk bed and, and such. And I started looking at all the, the books that were there. And there was my set of, uh, there was like the five books, the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. And I know I got it when I was probably in maybe second or third grade at the book fair. And they were torn up and, you know, uh, dog-eared uh, pages and such. And I, and I, brought them home and I have them sitting on my bookshelf like right. I look at them all the time and just yeah. think about those are the books that I read and a little bit of The Hobbit but um mm-hmm. but uh I yeah couldn't get through couldn't get through The Hobbit yeah. oh I my, still can't one of my son <laughs> read, I know it's like I'll read it with you this time and he just took off and went and I I, I don't know really descriptive yes Tolkien know? he writes you, know, <laughs> he got, you gotta really love it yeah. I'll, I'll sit and watch all the movies right. and I will watch them straight but yeah. uh yeah but reading them is a, a different story yeah so you mentioned uh, you you were middle school. You started seeing your wife in middle school. Yeah, we met in uh, middle school gym class. It was uh, they, they tore the building down. It doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, over did you Lake, go get a brick or Lake, something like a piece of the floor? Well, funny story. <laughs> so yeah, we um, we always tell the story about. So she was in seventh grade. I was in eighth grade. Back then, they had combined the uh, the gym classes, and um, I would honestly. I was I was kind of a shy kid. Like I just I was pretty good at sports and I liked to do sports and I just put and I did not like talking to girls. I didn't didn't know what I was. I had uh, two older brothers growing up. I didn't know how to talk to girls. So uh, she didn't really know who I was. But we ended up in the same gym class. Hmm. And then she started asking the kids in my grade, "Hey, who's that guy?" And um, you know, long story short, we ended up dating kind of on and off from middle school. Um, and then uh, high school, a little bit on and off, and, and got together for good in college. We went to different colleges, but I kind of had reached back out to her just to see what she was up to. But um, to go back to what you asked about the brick, we uh, there was this championship badminton team game that we played in middle school, and my team was in the finals, and all these more well-known kids were on the team. So the, the gym teachers did this thing where they said, okay, if you think this team's going to win, you sit on this side. If you think this team's going to win... And my future wife and her friend were the only two that sat on our side. <laughs> and if you picked the wrong team, you had to do push-ups. 
So I proudly say my team won. <laughs> so the whole class had to do ended up doing push-ups except for my wife and her. her and she didn't, really didn't even know me at that time, but that was. Uh, so I actually have a uh, a birdie from because <laughs> I, I taught there then at that yeah. in the building where we met. Yeah. And before they tore it down, I went to the gym too. I said, "Hey, yeah, yeah, any of those birdies around still from the badminton?" That's uh, too funny. And so yes, I, I we have that, and that was kind of a memento, which is funny. That is yeah. funny. Yeah. You know, badminton seems to always be that sport during PE class that everyone is just solely committed to. You never yeah. get participation issues when it comes to badminton. Right. Badminton. Right. It's, it's a it's yeah. a great sport, and that was the way it was when I was in high school. It was always the sport, and our PE teacher would do the same thing. Yeah. You know, on you're on this side for the championship game or that. Right. And you'd have right. to run sprints or run laps yeah. or, you know, back in the old day, climb the rope and all that kind of stuff. So now we're into pickleball. Have you heard of pickleball? I, I've heard of it. It's on, it's on the come up, I think. Really? It, yes. It's, it's gotten big around where we're at. And it's a fun sport. Okay. They actually do it. They We did it in high school. Okay. And Lake has done it uh, for years. I don't know. If, I, I talked to our gym teachers about it. They're aware of it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good sport. It's kind of like ping pong mixed with tennis, you know, and you're kind of standing on the ping pong table. So it's, it's like a, they shorten it up. But uh, yeah, it's a good sport. I wasn't sure how far it had moved into, uh, you know, being considered like here at the school. I know that they have a pickleball league or, or something at the rec. Yeah. And every once in a while I'll see one of the courts, you know, yeah. they'll have the, the nets set up. It's and, good. And yeah, they play with like a wiffle ball kind of thing in the, in the wooden paddle. So that's kind of what we're doing as we move out of our, hey, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, you yeah. know, I'm going to blow out an e-plane basketball yeah. or something, so, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. So when you were in school, um, did you always want to be a teacher, or when, when did you decide you wanted to get into education? Yeah, you know, it was one of those things, and I'm seeing it now in my, in my oldest son, where he's got about a half dozen different interests, and none of them seem to be related, so you try and whittle them down. Um, when I was in, I would say when I was in, uh, you know, middle school, high school, I really didn't consider going into teaching, into education at that point. I knew I loved math and statistics and sports and, you know, everybody goes through that phase, I think, where they think they're going to be a professional athlete and mm-hmm. then when you top out at 5'7", and you go, well, <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. Um, so I, after I, I had mentioned before, I, I started out in sports broadcasting for a semester um, wrote a bunch of papers, realized how much I hated papers, writing papers, and uh, all the good sports casting jobs seemed to go to ex-professional athletes, and that was going to not necessarily be a good <laughs> route for me. So a, a friend of mine uh, who was rooming right next door to me in the dorms, um, you know, he was he was going into math, and, he, and I was always kind of helping him with his math a little bit and all that, and he said, why don't you go into math? So I did. So I was strictly a math major for a semester, mm-hmm. and he said, "Well, what are what are we going to do for careers? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What do you do with a math? You know, you'd be a statistician or something <laughs> like that. But you know, I, I feel like I'm more of an outgoing personality. I like working with people. Um, so that's kind of where I got steered towards. Mm. Um, you know, at that point in my life, it was it was uh, I, I knew I liked math and numbers, and I knew I liked sports." And so starting with education, you go, well, you can teach and you can coach. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of what, what kicked it off. I will say I feel like my personality is a complete 180 in, in a lot of ways as far as my interest from when I first started mm-hmm. out. Um, you know, I mentioned that was the big three sports is all I wanted to do and look at. And now I, I love seeing all the all the sports maybe that are, yeah. that are there for kids that are there to offer. I also know 
you know, where I was a math guy, math guy, math guy. I know the importance of reading. Mm -hmm. um, my wife is a, she uh, is a tutor, a Wilson reading tutor for uh, focusing on dyslexic mm. uh, students. And it gives, I mean, I just see the importance of, of reading so much more and at the elementary level, especially mm -hmm. where you say if the reading's not there, you're not, not only is math going to be difficult, any subject's going to be difficult. Yeah. So it's such an important thing. Um, so yeah, I feel like I, I've, kind of come full circle in a lot of ways there. It's funny, it's very similar to my journey as well. When I first started, um, <clears throat> one of my earlier majors that I declared was communications for the same reason. Right. I thought I'm going to be Joe Tate, right. you know, and do basketball games. I'm, I love basketball. Uh, and then I decided after I had a professor who was really good at communicating history and telling a story, I switched to history. And then what, what can I do to bring them both together? It was the same thing, you know, teaching. I, I couldn't see myself somewhere away from people and I enjoyed coaching I really wanted to coach and I love telling stories and just talking and, and so I started heading towards that direction of becoming a teacher and it was interesting I've shared in the past uh, it maybe took about a year in the classroom before my passion switched from coaching and teaching to teaching and coaching mm -hmm. you know I just fell in love with the with the calling that we have and being able to to be a part of our kids lives every single day so, you know, as you talk, um, there's so much, um, I don't even know how to phrase this the right, the right way, but you just kind of, you exude leadership. Mm -hmm. And I see so much, um, so many qualities in you that I'm just curious, where do these leadership qualities, what's your inspiration for leadership? Who inspires you? I mean, how did these qualities develop in you? Uh, yeah, you know, and I guess I it's, it's hard to just hone it down to one person. You know, yeah. I was never a, I was never a guy that liked to say who my best friend was because mm -hmm. you're like, well, I, I got a few good friends. I don't just want to say one mm -hmm. of them is better than the other ones, you know. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's just part of the journey. And, you know, I'm definitely a strong and faith person. Um, and it, it started early. My dad passed away when I was a freshman in high school. Hmm. Uh, so I had to kind of pick up those pieces at home and start with those, you know, I, I kind of stepped it up with, with my brothers. I kind of took the reins with, with that and, and fill in that void. But just from there, um, you know, certain people in my life then going through my high school career uh, and people that knew, you know, what had gone on because I was pretty well known in the community. I'd lived there my whole life. Um, so I had certain teachers uh, that, and they were teachers and coaches, some of the most inspirational people I would say uh, are the ones that got to, I, I got to experience them in the classroom and also like my freshman basketball coach was also my physiology teacher in, mm -hmm. in high school and you just have certain conversations that you wouldn't have if you didn't experience them in both places mm. um, whether you know inside and outside of the classroom um, you know and, and my brothers you know they influence like I said I got two older brothers um, and I always kind of tease the one and say, you know, because he always seemed like he was getting in trouble with mom or mom and dad. And I said, well, you know, you did teach me a lot. I learned a lot of what not to do. But <laughs> yeah. I really do think it's a true it's a true thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and just going up from there, you just I feel like the best advice that I can give to mold yourself is look at who you want to be. But look at who you don't want to be, too. And, you know, mm -hmm. to help to help get yourself in that in that mindset. Um but yeah, it's definitely been, you know, always being in church uh, for the past 20 years. My wife, we started going to Springfield Assembly, which 
Actually, I know that some of the uh, uh, Talmadge kids that, that go there now, I, now I go back in Hartville, we went there for 15 years, and a lot of good people, you know, in, in my spiritual life that have been good leaders. Mm. Um, so it's, it's just important to be connected with people. Um, you know, I, and I know I already threw out one mantra, one quote, but I was thinking of, of another one that really uh, applies to education, I feel like. Uh, there's a Jackie Robinson quote I really like that is, uh, a life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. Yeah. And uh, I feel like here, and I mean, you're going to impact somebody one way or the other, whether it's mm-hmm. positive or whether it's going to be negative. And I feel like that's where I get a lot of that inspiration where I want to make sure that that impact is positive. Mm. So... Sometimes it is just a smile, and, and I have, you know, I'm blessed with a lot of energy. I'm blessed with, you know, recognizing, hey, I, I got a lot to be happy for, and um, just bringing that positive attitude and that positive smile to, to anyone that I can, whether it's a kindergartner who doesn't know any, you know, doesn't know anything, what's going on, you know, he's just walking hmm. through the doors, or a fifth grader that may be hmm. dealing with some issues that, that are, are really serious, yeah. um, you know, just letting them know that you're there to support them, and that you're positive, yeah. and, uh, you know, we're, we're not all without struggles. So, right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to ask you about something that you said, and, and if it's if it's too personal, you can go ahead and, and, um, and we can... Edit it out not, or whatever. Not but, at all. I, like you know, I said, I'm an authentic person. So. so you mentioned when you were a freshman that you mm-hmm. lost your father. Yeah. Um, I can tell you with 100% certainty that there are individuals, young individuals who listen to this podcast who have been in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Um, what got you through that? Yeah. And, and I will say, I feel like that's part of the calling on my life. Um, and, and I want people to know that. I want kids to know that so that they know... You know, I can't, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I've dealt with something similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm here to support. If you have questions or you're just having a tough day, sometimes it's just nice to know when somebody's gone through something. Um, But, and I'm also authentic with people and saying when they're dealing with different issues where I say, you know what, I haven't experienced that exact thing, but here's what I've been through. And just to know that we're, you know, we everybody's got their struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to the question, which as far as what helped me to get through that, is that mm-hmm. kind of how? Yeah, you I mean, what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, what got you through that difficult time? As yeah. as a freshman, I mean, I think about, you know, you're 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 14 years old mm-hmm. and you're in a high school. Yeah, it's a whole new world. You're at the right. bottom rung of, <laughs> yeah, you know, and then yeah. to to lose a parent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. I mean, I, I feel like that's where community really comes into play, and that's, you know, that's why community has my heart, too, where, you know, getting people involved, people are, are always there to step up and say, hey, this family's hurting, or this student, you know, is going through this, mm-hmm. what, can, what can we do for them? Um, for me, I kind of gravitated to where I, I was very involved in sports. I did play football, baseball, basketball mm-hmm. in high school. And I kind of gravitated towards the coaches a little bit or gravitated just because I lost my father towards the male figures. Um, and, and like I said, they knew my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I had a really good friend that I'm still in touch with. Uh, and his dad, you know, was kind of like a, a second father to me, uh, hmm. you know, kind of filling in there. But um, and then and then you look at your family and you say, OK, what can I do to to help my mom out here? What can I do to help? Because, you know, the grief, everybody grieves differently and you know, it's losing a dad is different than losing a spouse, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was it was hmm. uh, just a, a lot of community support, people around me. 
Um, but also just, I don't know, I've, I've always kind of had that perspective and I don't know if it was, you know, Bible stories I learned from Sunday school or just paying attention to books like Wonder or anything like that where it's things in perspective and you go, you know what, it, it could be worse. Um, I've also kind of turned towards the mindset of that there's a blessing in every situation and what can I do, you know, to use that experience to help someone out. Um, you know, not necessarily even to avoid the same struggle, but to help them along in their journey. So what would you say has been the blessing from that experience then? I would say just being able to relate, um, you know, to people that might be going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And and I I do know that everything is, I I feel everything's layered. So that's one of the blessings Mm -hmm. is that I, you know, I can take that experience and say, okay, who who can I help with this? Mm -hmm. I can relate to this situation. Um, I do also think in certain ways it helped hone me to be who I am, whether it's leadership skills where I had to fill in maybe a little bit earlier or grow up uh, a little bit faster mm-hmm. than some people, you know, uh, you know, when your mom's hurting or grieving and you're a teenager, uh, a lot of times you don't have to, to deal with that in a, in a normal journey. Mm. Um, but uh, so it, it definitely shaped me wow. uh, from that experience. So. When I hear you talk about community, and uh, the role that it played in your life uh, <laughs> makes me think about some of the comments that your staff member said, you know, where you go around and you greet every teacher every day and you say good morning and then you hand deliver pencils and something else to all the kids on their birthday. Birthday stickers. Yeah. Birthday stickers. Yeah. Hey, where did you pick up those ideas at? Or, I mean, is it... Yeah, so the birthday pencil and sticker, it kind of something I think that they are had already been doing here in this building um, but I will say it's something that I stepped into any any time that I can be visible um, just more accessible so it's not I, I still get the immediate reaction sometimes if a kid comes down to the office whether it's for a good or a bad reason that they're mm-hmm. they think they're in trouble or the principals you know there to you know and that's not you know we're, we're here to support also mm-hmm. we're part of the education process we're supporting teachers you know, we want to work with the parents and the community and we're supporting the students and get them, you know, in the best situation they can be so that they can grow the way that they need to grow mm-hmm. in the direction they want to. So uh, the pencil and sticker thing, I believe they did that here before. They said, here's something that, that they do. Um, and I said, I, I'd love to be a part of it. I want to be a familiar face. I want, you know, any any chance I get to interact yeah. um, because some days you don't get a chance to interact on your own. You know, your workload gets, you get phone calls you didn't expect, or maybe a meeting comes up, yeah. or or maybe it's a discipline issue. Issue. So if you have something that you're forced into, like, well, before I start, I know I'm going to, you know, get these get these pencils out, go tell uh-huh. happy birthday to these kids. And I know I'm not just seeing that kid, I'm going to their classroom, mm-hmm. or I'm walking through. That's the beauty of uh, what I do like about this new architecture is, Everything's pretty visible, mm-hmm. so you can walk. You can not interrupt a class, but you can still kind of walk yeah. by and they'll yeah. see you and wave. And um, yeah, so that's just something that was really important to me, and maybe something that I grasped was the visibility piece. Um, if I, as I started my journey into administration, whether it was through an education class or just talking to people that were also going into it, some of the most negative comments I would hear is if if an administrator wasn't visible. We don't know mm-hmm. where they're at. We don't know what they're doing. And so, like I said, sometimes you learn from positive. Sometimes you learn from negative. I knew I wanted to be a, a visible person. I also, 
I do the morning announcements every day, and I have, <laughs> they know I love yeah. doing them. <laughs> Anybody that compliments me, I say, you know, I'm, I'm really just having a good time. I'm glad you enjoy them. Um, I'm going to do them because I love doing them. So. Well, announcements are fun. That used to be my duty at the high school. I would give announcements, and then when they had the nerve to turn that duty over to students, <laughs> I was like, I was really angry. I'm like, come on, I have too much right, fun doing this. But right. uh, but it yeah. was I, I I willingly gave the microphone up to uh, to the students. Yeah, and that's something that I would like to look into too, because you know some of the kids will come up. There's certain things that I say every day. I always <laughs> felt like as a teacher, the kids did really good with structure when they knew what to expect. When they knew now, it, it wasn't bland. It didn't get dull, but they knew. You yeah. know, if it was if it was Tuesday, I was going to do a trivia Tuesday, even though I was a math teacher. Let's just break the ice with a, a trivia question. Um, so I say, you know, every day I'll say milk, it does a body good because it's on our <laughs> menu every day. And now I'll have little kids come up and say it to me. Yeah. So that is something that I, you know, if we can come up with some kind of reward or incentive. I, I'd love to have a guest on That's there so because, they, you know, they're doing it anyway. They have fun with it. So it's a fun way to start the day. So when I would come over here, we'd walk over here at 3.30, we'd get in the gym and then for the next 10 minutes, you know, I'm trying to coach, but then there'd be an announcement. Then I coach, there'd be an announcement. I kind of vaguely remember them saying, or remember what Mr. Booth says or something that you would say. What are some of those other sayings besides milk? What are your yeah. other catchphrases yeah. that you have? So the one that I always end with, um, I actually, and I'll give, it was my, our former, my health teacher at uh, Lake Middle School, Matt Pinion. He's also a track coach. I coach track with him. Great guy. <laughs> He, at all, so I'll always give him credit for it, he always would say, have a great day and make someone else's day great. And I, I like to finish with that. And, then I'll, and sometimes I'll have a, a former student of Mr. Pinion's go, hey, that's Mr. Pinion's line. Um, but I just, I think it's a great thing to say. Um, you know, uh, what else? I don't know. That's kind of the sign up. I usually... I think know, that's what I remember hearing. Yes. You know, uh, since COVID started, I think, and I, I always do have a little cheat sheet on my computer screen because if somebody comes in or I get sidetracked, but it's, uh, you know, keep those hands clean today, respect the space of others, and most importantly, do your best to be Talmadge Gold. Um, and that was obviously a new one this year because, yeah. you know, it's my first year at Talmadge. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, just a reminder to, you know, to, and, and I might keep that because... Especially at the elementary level, hand washing doesn't always get done the way. So <laughs> keep respecting the space of others. I might, I might keep those around. So. Yeah, those are yeah, COVID or not, those right. are all just right. good, good uh, things to live by. So you have uh, so there's kindergarten through fifth here. Yes, kindergarten through fifth. So approximately, what number? Of, what, what would be the number of kids that you have? Total kids, we're we're probably getting close to twelve hundred. Because we're looking at six six grades, we're definitely uh, eleven hundred. But we, it seems like we're getting more and more kids. Yeah. And I don't blame them. It's a great place. Oh to be, yeah. But yeah. It's it's a lot of kids. We're uh, what about one eighty, one ninety per grade level. And of those twelve hundred approximately kids, uh, approximate number, how many of them do you think you know by name? Oh, you know what? And this is always something that. I can I can fake it to a certain point, mm -hmm. you know, if, if I'm in a room of kids and I'll go, you know, hey, how's it going, Joey? Hey, how you doing, Johnny? Mm -hmm. You know, good to see you. And some of them, <laughs> you just know their last name. You know, the you know, hey, Miss Miller. Hey, because yep. I know your brother. Or I just know your yeah. your last name. But uh, percentage white boy, it's not as good as I would like it to be. <laughs> oh, it's got to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, and, and you, you know, you just pull out the cliche. Hey, buddy, how's yep. it going? Hey, yep. but, and just giving them that smile, giving a lot of them, you know, they like a little hug or give yeah. them a fist bump. Um, 
but I'm working on it. I would percentage wise, I, 10, 10% maybe, <laughs> you know? Oh, I can only, I can't even imagine. I think I'm I mean, good until they go, okay, let's go to this table in the lunchroom. Yep. You go, I know a couple by name, but I'm not going to say which names I know because I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm yeah, getting better. There you so, go. Yeah. That's always, yeah, I, I can only imagine. I mean, and little kids, I mean, there's just so many kids mm -hmm. here and... I remember when I first started, when I first started, I actually student taught in Talmadge and then I, I graduated in December and then they hired me as a full-time district sub. And at that time I went to uh, Dunbar and Overdale. Okay. Overdale was still there. And I'll never forget uh, being in a classroom with maybe first grader, second grader, and walking down the hallway and all these kids just swarm me. They want to hold my hand and they want, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> and I, then, then you're cleaning you know, snotty noses uh -huh. and bathroom breaks. I mean, it, it's just, it's just, it was chaos to me. Right. Uh, but for you, I mean, you, you love that. I mean, you love getting hugged all the time and I, kids coming up to you. And... It is part of the thing that, that drives you a little bit where, yeah. you know, I, it's funny because I, mean, I don't know sometimes where this inspiration comes from, but I do remember being the kid, you go to sporting events and you go, you know, when I'm a professional athlete, I'm going to make sure everybody gets that autograph. I'm yeah. not going to walk away from anybody. And it's that type of thing where mm -hmm. if a kid wants a hug, they're all going to get a hug. You yeah. know, whether it, and time wise, it's an extra couple minutes out yep. of your life and they just move on. And I thank them for, for the hug and tell them to have a great afternoon. And I, I feel like that. And, and it really, I, I think it builds upon itself, I, whether, it, you know, the impact that it has on them, but it also has an impact on me, you know, just yeah. when you're doing positive things for people, you're going to feel positive. Well, know? for that young, young child, I mean, it, it means the world. Mm -hmm. Those are things that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives, that they had a principal yeah. who cared enough to get down on a knee in front of them, you know, to help straighten their jacket, to give them a hug and to look them in the eye and yeah. make them feel valued. Oh, you know, it's funny. And, and like I said, I can't praise my my uh, administration enough as far as, you know, Nicole Coy and Dave Ravita. Same way. We, we work very well together. We all have that same approach. Um, you know, you mentioned that getting down on the knee, and I picture uh, – we tie a lot of shoes sometimes, and I have the snapshot of uh, in the fall watching a Browns game, Baker Mayfield tying one of his linemen's shoes, and I thought, you know what? Nobody's too good to tie somebody else's yep. shoe. Servant leadership. So that's, yeah, and that's a big thing for yeah. me, too. It really is. I, I, I was glad that, that somebody said that. Um, I know when I was interviewing, that's definitely some, how I would describe myself um, as a servant leadership. I, I feel like that's... You're, it builds trust. It shows people, and like I said, I'm authentic in saying it. I, I want to be able to do anything that I can for you, hmm. and I will. Uh, you know, I put the Brutus Buckeye head on today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just something that you can do. Wow. So that's mm -hmm. those are the gestures that they they do. They they create buy-in and they create that culture that that you you want in the building, right? Yeah. Where people are. Are willing to go the extra mile because their leader and your leadership team right. you're doing the same thing and I know uh, both your assistant principals I don't know them personally but I see some of their stuff on Twitter right. and they're they're wearing the the out the costumes and they're out greeting the kids and they're out in the hallway smiling yeah, yeah. I mean those gestures go a long way towards creating and, such a positive environment and I will say and I said I've in certain ways I'm, I've completely changed from when I was a kid yeah. I never wanted to put myself out there as a kid. I was, I was very shy as far as 
the worst thing of a, of a day is if I had to give a speech, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hey, you're going to do a book report and you have to get up in front of the class. And I'm shaking like a leaf every time. Um, and that surprises people, um, you know, wearing, putting a costume on that nobody else has, you know, putting yourself, I did not want the limelight, didn't, didn't want any of that. And, um, you know, I don't want, I don't want people to feel that way, especially the kids. I want them to, to feel like, you know what, if this is something that, that I can do, that I'm good at, or somebody's asking me to put myself out there or try something new, I want them to be comfortable with it. So I told you I'm terrible at music, but if somebody asked me to to sing a song or play, I I would do it. I I just want people to be comfortable and and to know that, you know what, everything's worth trying and that you're not going to be judged here. And sometimes you surprise yourself. I never would have thought I'd be a person that would be comfortable standing in front of a microphone, you know, in front of hundreds of people sure. or sometimes at assemblies, thousands of people. Um, I, did, I did a rap over at the middle school did you really? <laughs> for their morning meeting. Um, and I did, I was sweating that one out a little bit, but you know, it's healthy. It's I got to go find a, a video of that. I it's got to be something. I think got it. I think it was even put on Twitter, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm, I'm okay. I, when I was, a, when I was a kid, I would never have said this, but I'm, you know, people say you're, you're okay making a fool of yourself. And you say, you know what, if that's how you view it, it's fine. I'm comfortable yeah. with what I'm doing. And if it can inspire somebody else to be comfortable doing something, or in my opinion, get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's how we grow. Mm-hmm. You know? So That right there, what you said there is one of my sort of mantras, my, my favorite, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I, I try to tell my kids that all the time. My daughter and I, you know, uh, she's just a freshman at, at Kent and she's just started to dabble in educational classes and she was, she's actually, it was her communication class. She had to give a speech in the other day. And she's like, I don't know why I need to know how to do a speech, write a speech and this, that, and all, you know, and I don't want to get up in front of these people I don't know. And, and I uh, started talking about the sweetheart. That's every day in the classroom. Right. You got to be, you got to give good speeches. You got to be able to teach. You got to be able to coach. You got to be able to act. You got to be, you got to have a flair for the dramatic. I mean, that's the profession, honey. Yeah. It, it, to really embrace the calling, you're going to have to be all of that to attack every type of student that you have in your classroom. Yeah. And, uh, and it led to an interesting conversation. The one that she got stuck on was like acting, really? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Teachers have to act every day. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you got, it's got to be part of your uh, yeah. your daily uh, well, ritual. And, and if, even if you're just looking at your curriculum, there's going to be certain things that is your favorite part of the curriculum. Yeah. And there's going to be certain things that are like, oh, we're doing this unit. And you know what? The more excited you act about it, the more they're going to buy into it. And you know what? Somebody out there in your audience is going to be excited yep. about it. So do it for them. Yep. You know? So, but uh, yeah, and I did that a lot with math as a math teacher, yeah. you know? So. Well, I've loved everything about this conversation. And you weren't kidding. I mean, I, I, I could sit here and just kind of pick your brain yeah. on leadership and and. And more, we could go on for a long time, but we we actually do got to wrap it. We're actually knocking on the door of an hour. So, uh, <laughs> I don't so, know if anybody's going to get to the end of this thing. Well, you know what? I might actually split it up. It might be like a dual yeah. release uh, in, a, in a week yeah. and, uh, because it, it this is definitely, there's so much value here in what you're sharing. Uh, so much that I love about it. Uh, before I do conclude, um, anything else about you? Uh, Adam, that that maybe you want to share, uh, even an opportunity just to share to even the parents of your kids, you know, a little bit more about yourself or something unknown or... Um, 
Yeah, you know what? That's funny. That was one of your things. You yeah. know, hey, think about this. Uh, something that people don't know about you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard for me to answer that question because if anybody's talked to me for a few minutes, I'm pretty authentic pretty, about yeah. everything. Um, so I'll give you a couple of things. You tell me if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna pick one of these uh, that people seem to find interesting. Uh, one is I, I've actually become a pretty big soccer fan. Okay. Um, more specifically, uh, the English Premier League mm-hmm. at the Everton Talkies is who I am <laughs> following. Um, so another one that uh, that people find interesting. I actually shared this with my staff uh, one of my our first meetings. So I said, "Hey, we want to be authentic." Not our, our, our staff. They haven't all worked together before. Fifth grade was over at the middle school. Oh. A lot of them don't know each other. So to encourage them to get to know each other and ask weird questions or share weird things, uh, one of my things is I was born in a van. So that's that's something that born not, in a van. Yeah, wow, that's a true story. Um, and let's see, is there there was one more thing that I, that was I was trying to come to mind. Um, oh, my favorite food. I actually I, I I could talk about. We could do a whole podcast on food if you like to talk about food. Is that one of your favorite, like um, eating or cooking, preparing or? Uh, just tasting different types of. You know, I grew up with a. You know, if we if food didn't have enough flavor, we always just threw cheese on it. You know, and mm-hmm. then my but my wife, her family, they were always into really spicy foods and you know different kind of Mexican foods and. Um, Thai food. So I, I like to try different types of foods. Uh, my favorite food, though, is hot dogs. So okay. <laughs> there's there's three things, you know, there if you want me to elaborate on any of those. Well, you um, know what? I, I think we've got to go back to the van. I mean, yeah, how, how are you uh, brought into yes. this world in the back of a van? Yes, here? true story. So my parents actually, um, and this you talk about kids not, not following in their parents' footsteps, both of my parents worked in the hospital. None of us, you know, me and my brothers, none of us went in the medical field. Hmm. But um, we, uh, I was the third of three boys, and uh, I came a little bit earlier than expected. My mom's story is always that uh, dad didn't drive fast enough, and about a block from uh, Altman Hospital in Canton, uh, it was actually, there's a, there's a place called the Nazar Grotto, which is, I think, some kind of uh, club that... Uh, I, they wore these hats. I yeah. think they were called a fez or something like that. <laughs> uh, so in the Nazar Grotto parking lot, I was oh, no. born. Um, and my dad delivered me. He was a nurse anesthetist. And my mom was a nurse. So kind of knew what they were doing. Are you serious? <laughs> wow. So, and then, they, you know, they drove to the hospital, and, you know, and I was there with him. But, uh, yeah, so he delivered me. My oldest brother tortured me for years um, about being born in the Nazar Grotto parking lot. <laughs> I had a little rattle from the Nazar Grotto. Uh, that was a big, with the fez cap on. Get out of here. And maybe I'm not using that vocabulary. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. That's what my older brother taught me anyway, but you know older brothers. Um, and he always teased me that when I turned, when I grew up, I was going to have to wear one of those hats because I was born in there. And those guys were always in the Hall of Fame parade. Yep. Riding there. Right yeah. And he always go, there they are, Adam. They, you're going to have to wear You're going to be riding one of those bikes because you're born in their parking lot. You are an honorary so, member. Yes, yes. So that, that, that is, is classic. how my life started, yeah. That, yeah. Is, that is a great so story. It's tough when your most interesting story might be the, the first <laughs> breath of your life, and then it's down, where do we go from there? But, yeah. Well, as our listeners can tell, that is certainly not the case. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your life is amazing. I, I got to tell you, I am so thankful that you sat down and spent an hour. I know you're busy, and I know you're pulled in so many different directions, uh, I'm truly honored to have had you as a guest. Um, I can now see 
why your staff feels the way about you that they do. And I know our listeners do as well. Uh, what a blessing to this district that you are. Uh, I am so thankful. I remember seeing your name mentioned when you, uh, when you got the job. And I heard a couple of people say, oh, yeah, he's from Lake. He's from Lake. And we've had other people, you know, Tim Mosier was from Lake right. and some other, other people from Lake. And uh, we knew that you had a great reputation coming in. Um, but, man, you are a true blessing. Thanks for being with us. Well, I appreciate it. And I can't believe we did an hour, Mark. I mean, it's, <laughs> it just flew by. It did. This did go I by. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm so happy to be here. And you're one of the great people that, that make this district great. So I appreciate, appreciate you as well. And I've heard nothing but great things. So. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, we are truly blessed. Um, I, I love being able to share people uh, who are having an impact here in Talmadge share their stories because Talmadge is a beautiful community and a beautiful school system, and we are blessed beyond measure. And I really hope that those of you that are listening to this, uh, thank you for enduring over an hour now uh, of conversation. I know you find value in it, and I do encourage you to share this episode out so that others can get to know who Mr. Adam Booth is and the value that he brings to Talmadge City Schools. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed our interview today. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at Mr. Horner the Teacher or on Twitter at THS Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.